What up, y'all? It's your boy, the one and only A-Switch, a.k.a. Um, uh, you know, uh, get, get, the, uh, get the cup with the water, but instead, you don't get the water, you get the Sprite, because it looked clear. A.k.a. Uh, who put the peanut butter in my basket? Jesus. A.k.a. Um... My pants too tight. <laughs> Why are my pants too tight? Oh, all right. Let me stop fooling. Let me stop it. Let me stop it. Let me stop it. Coming from the radio. From the, from the, um. From, from the radio. From outer space and beyond. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I gotta use that more. Uh, but nevertheless, yes. Another episode of Switches Sites. Uh man, a lot of a lot of <laughs> popped off last week. I'm just saying. It's just the just just the unbelievable happened. Like hell is freezing over type stuff. Like freaking Steve Urkel and Lisa getting together type stuff. Freaking. I don't know, man. It's like the impossible was the possible. You know, it's like dreams came true this week. Partially last week. But enough of the dilly dallying. We gonna get into it. So in particular with, um, Man, probably the biggest news. Yeah, I'd say definitely by a mile. Biggest news that uh happened this week is uh oh, wow. I'm I'm just amazed. I could cry right now. Microsoft and Sony settling aside their differences and are coming together. Not not really actually, but uh somewhat of a pseudo relationship. So uh, basically, this was yeah, roughly around a week ago, but um, the CEO of Microsoft, I believe, is Satella Satella Natyahu. I'm probably butchering that. Let me let me not be uh be unenlightened. Satya Nadella, that's close enough, and uh, the Sony CEO Kenichiro Yoshida. Uh, there's a, this is probably, this should be like history. Uh, they, they, they got a picture of them. They both, they shaking hands. They so happy. They're like, man, it's been a long time since we, 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 uh, we got to touch each other. (laughs) Wait a minute. Hold up. Let's rewind that. Um, but yeah, no, this is, uh, this, this sets an interesting precedent for the future of, I guess, well, for sure, uh, console gaming as a whole, because like, I think for sure what this means, um, well, before we get into that, let me fully dissect the details. But with with this partnership, basically, it's some pseudo contract, but not really a contract, but like a a written agreement. (laughs) 
uh but basically along the lines that like yeah uh we gonna team up in a uh, uh we 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 gonna team up in out of uh out of google ass i'm sorry i had to put one put one extra in there because i i didn't catch myself but nonetheless so uh specifically they're partnering up for um kind of uh trading each other's benefits in, in respect to uh you know their uh gaming platform so you know uh sony has uh you know ps now which i believe used to be gaikai as a you know game and streaming service that uh sony acquired like some years ago and uh you know it's it's okay i mean game streaming in general is just that it's that whole caveat of just lag that you know it's noticeable for me when i tried it but mind you this was years ago maybe stuff could have been proved but i never had the desire to give it another chance because like why would you want to stream something when you could just play it physically and have way more graphical fidelity i don't know that just never really registered with me i get the concept though but yeah so with that um and then of course uh microsoft's um uh, streaming platform xcloud that they're working on but it hasn't been you know i guess kind of out in the masses as of yet um in terms of gaming specifically like streaming or whatnot but um yeah this is probably a pretty uh, honestly a good partnership if any considering the dynamics that you know they're gonna have to team up and fight with uh google with their uh stadia platform so you know he's like hey nigga we gotta we gotta team up these 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 they they not playing so we we gotta we can't get stomped by them fools can't get stomped by them we gotta we gotta combine our powers so it's like like if vegeta and goku you know merged and fought um what's his name God damn it damn it i knew it um not vegeto that's vegeta and no what is it broly there we go why why did i have that moment i don't know uh but nonetheless you know uh yeah it's interesting man it's just weird microsoft and sony of all people i mean don't get me wrong they've been pretty respectful competitors or rivals against each other um but it's just weird it's like it's like Sega and Nintendo teaming up, which, you know, is that whole period of, you know, Sonic exclusively showing on uh, Nintendo's platforms and, you know, Smash and stuff. But it's like, it's weird. That's the best way to describe it. But I like it, though. It's great. Uh, you know, me being a multi-platform gamer myself, uh, you know, I have mutual love for uh, Xbox and PS4 and, of course, Switch, you know, so, I mean it's interesting and um i don't know i think we forget that technically uh they have been somewhat in a relationship unintentionally uh since you know uh, microsoft that used to have the old hd dvd platform they got their ass stomped stomped by uh sony's blu-ray uh you know 
of platform or software, if you will, or media, um, media format just got stomped, stomped. So obviously Microsoft was like, all right, Sony, you got us, uh, you beat our ass. So, uh, let's team up. Uh, we'll use your, uh, you know, media platform for our, uh, you know, our, our, our platform as a, you know, media source going forward. So, I mean, so technically I think like for every console Microsoft makes Sony still technically makes money based off of using their proprietary uh, Blu-ray format. So it's like, that's one thing uh, I think a lot of people may have lost sight of is that technically <laughs> they've kind of unintentionally been working with each other in a sense, which I don't think in any means, you know, kind of brought things here. But yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense when you think about it, you know, having them both, um, you know, probably I'd say the biggest um, pillars in terms of console gaming specifically. Um, yeah, man, it's weird. It's so weird, but I do definitely love the precedent that this is going to set for, um, uh, cross network play. I feel like it, it's like a given that this is not this, this has to be, um, you know, uh, a good sign that, uh, cross play um, you know, in terms of playing somebody playing on Xbox, playing with somebody on the PS4 over, you know, a multi-platform game, um, will be actually feasible, even though it technically is feasible. It's just that, you know, Sony for the most part doesn't want to play nice or want to cooperate at least at the time, um, with a couple of games. I know like, uh, um, Rocket League, Fortnite. Those are actually the only ones I think aren't. Um, I think technically Wargroove, um, a Advanced Wars clone. That's all I can think of that comes to my head. I'm pretty sure there's probably a few more, but um, it's obvious and apparent that the network and framework is there. It's just a matter of them, uh, you know, flipping the switch like, OK, yeah, we'll play with them since, you know, uh, way back Fortnite had that oops and uh, accidentally, accidentally quotation marks uh, uh, enabled cross uh, network or cross platform play, uh, you know, with uh, other respective consoles. But it is such a beautiful thing. And it's the stupidest, like, uh, just stupid. It really is. It's like, you know, people invested to get the console. So I don't see what's wrong with, you know, playing against other consoles. As long as you have a console, legitimate console, I can see the angle like, you know, well, my all my friends are on PS4, so I guess I have to get a PS4 so to drive sales for another console. But I don't really think it drives purchases that much, I guess, to some extent, it depends on how much you want it. But I don't know. I mean, I, of of all people to, you know, make those demands, it would be Sony to, you know, be like, well, we have our own little platform. We're not going to we're not going to let you play with the other people. But if if the if the foundation is there, let it be there. That's all I'm saying. But I digress. That is uh, definitely just a great initial step to what may be like a weird future where we could possibly have a PS4 box. 
a Xbox four station, um, um, place, place soft X bone four station five, six. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's something it's some gold in there. It's some gold in there. Just got to dig it up. Just got to scrape all the dust off. That's all. But yeah, man, I'm sorry. That That's just that's this. This it feels this feels so pivotal because you it's like, you know, considering the news and various articles and stuff that you never think that Sony and Microsoft would legitimately be partnering up for something in particular, which in this case is a platform. And even with that being said with their this platform there um uh specifically for cloud gaming man that could that that does actually set a lot of other precedences uh like um man like uh using microsoft's proprietary um arguably better uh you know online gaming platform with xbox live uh, over PS4, you know, using their architecture for online games and, uh, you know, obviously with the, with the cloud gaming and stuff like that, um, maybe they could share a platform where they put both of their games on it that, that would seriously compete with Google Stadia by a lot. So, man, the possibilities are endless with what this kind of, um, yeah, the example this kind of sets uh, and I'm very fascinated to see what happens. Maybe we get some surprise announcement like, oh, oh, uh, oh, you know what, man, this just came in my head right now. What if Sony chose to not, you know, host a, you know, or come to E3 technically or officially to uh, legitimately partner with Microsoft? I'm blown. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's the best. It's the best thing ever. Yeah. That was necessary. I, I justified it. I justified it, but that's, that's a serious ass pipe pipe dream, but one can dream, right? If we not dreaming, then what we doing? having nightmares. Think about it. Um, but yeah, all in all, I love that. This is probably one of the, my favorite stories out of this, uh, this whole week. So <sighs> I hope, I hope some really good stuff comes of it. I really do. I really do. Uh, moving on, uh, next story, uh, somewhat recently, uh, popular Twitch streamer Tfu. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, the contract with uh, the FaZe Clan uh, ripped them signs up. I don't know if it's some crooked letter F or you put the put the two fingers up. Probably two fingers up with the one finger down. That looks close to an F, kind of. <laughs> uh, so basically, at least what's what's been ruffling um, is that this. Uh, this Twitch streamer who was formerly with the FaZe Clan, uh, competitively, uh, playing games, um, 
more along the lines of, you know, Call of Duty and stuff like that. Uh, apparently uh, disclosed some very dirty details of a contract with the FaZe Clan that I think is still technically live that uh, seems to have some outrageous um, kind of uh, agreements uh, such as like 80-20% cut in benefit of the FaZe Clan in terms of like tournament wins um, uh, promotional deals and uh, pretty much everything along those lines. Uh, uh, oh, YouTube, I think YouTube ad revenue, YouTube and Twitch ad revenue. Um, that's crazy, man. It is interesting now that we're in this generation where we're get, get into these dynamics where, you know, high prof, high prolific uh, gamers that are, you know, widely shown and, you know, I guess, uh, just displayed in the gaming space or, you know, just actually general media space, really. Um, I do find it fascinating. So, but basically it's, you know, it's like a, he said, she said tight deal, which I'm not going to try to go into too much of those details, um, in terms of this, but I just think it's kind of interesting that like, you know, these dynamics are starting to happen now considering, um, you know, how, Actually, no, I think it's, yeah, it's like more of a sign that, uh, esports are, are coming to be a much more respected and, uh, you know, pivotable, uh, pivotable, pivotable, uh, platform, um, to, you know, be almost compete with, uh, you know, sports in general. So I think I, I think that's the biggest thing I like about this is that, you know, it is starting to solve some real problems that, haven't been addressed or even acknowledged that, uh, you know, ideally is gonna iron itself out for the next person. So that is my piece on that. Well, yeah, I don't want to get too much in those dynamics, but I guess a little bit on that, uh, the phase clear phase clear phase clan leader. Um, I forgot his name, um, who basically headed the, the clan and, um, pretty much uh, started the whole clan to begin with. And he's kind of like the head honcho in terms of whatever, um, thinks about it. Uh, so Ricky banks is the, uh, head honcho of phase clan that, you know, saying his piece about the whole thing, how he feels betrayed by Tifu about, you know, uh, putting him on blast with all this, with the contracts and stuff like that. But, I don't know, man, it's a little, little iffy, but I guess the claim that he had is that, they actually weren't going into, um, they actually weren't acting upon, uh, the agreements that were had. So, um, for the tournament winnings that he, they supposedly didn't claim any of his tournament winnings or, um, I think the only thing they did was of a, uh, sponsorship where they took a, 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 a cut of it. Not as much as it, they stated in the contract though, but uh, it's still a little weird that, you know, mutually he would legally have to abide, abide by that. So if they wanted to, which is just, uh, not a good look, at least, you know, at the surface, not knowing basically all those details. So, but yeah, very interesting. I'm just saying. So moving on from that, which is kind of roughly somewhat related. Uh, Call of Duty. 
Call of Duty. Call of Duty. So, um, of course, with the, well, I don't know, is uh, Call of Duty is successful? The, the last one, Black Ops 4, not as probably successful as they want. I think it is kind of on its way down, you know, with each uh, successive uh, release of Call of Duty. I think it um, does go down with each subsequent release in terms of just reception. But I thoroughly enjoy Black Ops 4. Uh, play it every now and then. It's pretty fun. I actually like the multiplayer more than Blackout, but that's, I think, me in general in terms of the um, Battle Royale stuff. <sighs> I don't know. It's just very... Not to go on a tangent, but it's a very discouraging. It just depends. It's so luck based. I feel like that, like. uh, When the odds aren't really in your favor, you're they're not in your favor. (laughs) It's probably the best way to describe it. It's not doesn't feel fair, but, you know, that's kind of subjective. Sometimes my mindset changes about it. I'm like, oh, let me let me try some more matches. I can win. But then I get my stomped. And then I, I just give up. I give it up. But I digress. Going back <laughs> to topic. So uh, the 2020 um, game for Call of Duty is reportedly now going to be Black Ops 5 due to uh, um, a kerfuffle between um, the proposed or most likely um, developer. Because... Basically, it was um, it's a release schedule. Well, obviously, Call of Duty releases every year um, um, amongst a three year cycle between the three developers. So I forgot the exact order, but I know at least there is a Infinity War, which is releasing their next Call of Duty title this year, which I believe is. um, What is it? A Black Ops 4, not Black Ops 4, Modern Warfare 4. Um, which I am very interested to see. Um, and I think it's also, I believe it's somewhat rumored that the, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, uh, remake, at least the campaign is going to be released too. I really hope the multiplayer does, but I don't know. It's that, that multiplayer is so much of perfection that I don't think, uh, with net code and the changes like that, I don't think it's going to be the same and I'm just going to by default, maybe not like it, but I'll still at least play it like modern warfare that that campaign or I mean, multiplayer, I played uh, the remastered uh, multiplayer. I played a fair amount. So, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Just try it at least. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, so it was Infinity Ward. Um, I believe. Yeah, so technically it'd be Infinity Ward, Sledgehammer, a slash Raven, I believe. And then um, Activision. No, not Activision. What am I saying? Treyarch. So Infinity Ward, Sledgehammer, slash Raven. I think Raven helps out with a lot of other um, a lot of other folks, too, uh, in terms of uh, specifically the multiplayer aspect. So I believe they kind of dabble and help with everybody um, in terms of Infinity Ward and uh, Treyarch as well on top of maybe exclusively working with Sledgehammer the most, possibly, but hard to say in that respect. Um, but yeah, so apparently there's been some uh, 
some uh, sparks, <laughs> sparks that were flying between um, uh, Sledgehammer and Raven um, games in terms of that. So I guess they basically have been um, working closely, you know, with this next title. I guess that was uh, uh, supposedly supposed to be set in the Cold War, which I would have been down for that. That would have been an interesting setting to kind of uh, mess with, uh, which I don't think the Call of Duty series have as actually really messed with that much, maybe possibly slightly a little bit with uh, the original Black Ops, but it would have been a very interesting, um, you know, uh, game to kind of deviate from the norm of that is Call of Duty, <laughs> considering this, how much you can deviate from a Call of Duty game, but you know, um, so yeah, I guess apparently some yeah, they, they, they have some beef, um, according to, uh, Kotaku. Um, so they were supposedly, um, leading development for the 2020 call of duty, call of duty, <laughs> goodness. But, um, I don't know. I think, I think somebody, I'm, I'm just saying right now, I know it. I know it for a fact. Somebody dropped a peanut butter sandwich and then Raven was like, Hey, who dropped my goddamn peanut butter sandwich? Who gon' who gonna get these hands? Sledgehammer, like, I mean, <laughs> I'm right here. We we in the same building, so I don't know what you what. You want you want some? Do you do you want it? Do you want it? That's what I thought. And then a fight break out. Somebody threw a chair randomly. And now we got the story that we have today that now they're not even gonna make the game. Probably didn't even start on the game. <laughs> <laughs> it just started with that one day and then it just went all downhill from there. But on a serious note, um, yeah, it's um that's interesting to see what happened. I know I think supposedly the um head of Sledgehammer left recently too, which probably might have um been indicative of something that was going down there, but I don't know. Signs seem to slightly maybe possibly be pointing towards, um, you know, Sledgehammer being the problem child. It seems I'm guessing I think maybe Raven is still around. Um, it's hard to say, but let's see. So according to Jason Schreier of Kotaku, uh, sources briefed on the overhaul while Trey to take over leadership role Raven and Sledgehammer will act as supporting studios oh wow so I guess Sledgehammer is still is still in it I didn't know that I thought they were totally axed interesting but yeah that does put a lot of heat on um, Activision so now instead of their traditional three year cycle, they only have two years. So that's, that's a lot of heat. That's a lot of heat to kind of work with pressure is on, but I guess technically Raven and sledgehammer will be helping. So that may be kind of alleviate the blows a little bit, but I don't know. I don't see that happening. Having a cancel project, uh, to help out somebody else do a project that you know, you guys had your heart set on with the Cold War setting. I'm pretty sure there was some beef about that. Like, you know, we want to do this for Cold War. No, I want to do this. Well, you're ugly. And then, you know, the whole hilarious fight ensues or something like that. I don't know. But 
Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. I, I definitely would have liked to see the a Cold War based Call of Duty. But at the same time, I mean, Black Ops five be interesting too. well, if they have the campaign, if it's going to be another Black Ops four with no solidified or actual campaign, then uh, I don't know. I may have may have preferred uh, may prefer Cold War based one, but I don't know. But yeah, that's kind of sad. I know definitely that's a big hit to Sledgehammer and Raven about it, but yeah, apparently they had a beef, but I'm pretty sure it had to be in some dynamics they were trying to plan out with the Cold War theme, maybe some big bold direction they wanted to take. But then, you know, either or side was not having it. And then, you know, what happened happened. So interesting. That's a first because uh, normally it seemed like a Call of Duty has been like just churning them out like a world oil machine. But well, looks like that machine is getting a little Get a little rusty. Get a little, get a little rusty. But uh, I don't know. I hope all turns out well. I don't know. Feels like uh, all eyes are gonna be on uh, Treyarch in that sense with Black Ops Five. How they're gonna do it? But we'll see. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful at the least. So interesting, interesting stuff. Man, what crazy stuff happened this week. <laughs> Piggybacking on that topic. Goodness, just some juicy deets. Um, man, you cannot write this up. Uh, well, I guess you obviously can, but I digress. So George R.R. Mighton. <laughs> Why did I pronounce it like that? George R.R. Mighton. George R.R. Martin is uh supposedly uh working on a game with dark souls creator hideki kamiya i believe i just totally went on like i hip fired that if i got that right i'm golden i forgot his name i think hideki uh that's not right at all that's not right at all. But I had it here. Let's let's do some fact checking real quick just to be safe. George Dark Souls. I feel like it's a Dekia Kami. Hidekia Kami. What is it? Oh, wait. I know what. Hold on. Just wait a moment. Hidekia Miyazaki. I think I got it right. Okay, just had to be sure. Can't mess up the dude's name like that. But yeah, so. Supposedly, George R. R. Mighton, why do I keep doing that? And Hidekia um, are, are making uh, some game. So, I mean, that's very interesting because uh, when you think about it, you know, uh, for those that don't know, Hidekia, let me make sure I'm looking at the name because 
I keep not saying it right. Hideki, Hidekia, Hidekia, Hidetaka, Hidetaka, Hidekia, I'm pretty sure, Hidekia, Miyazaki, I'm going Miyazaki for sure. So, I mean, considering the one thing that Dark Souls, you know, previous games or related games, even even Sekiro to an extent, have been lacking is um, a story or, you know, a fully fleshed out story and not a story that you have to like a la Destiny, try to read up and, uh, you know, like read a book in addition to the find out the story. Like you playing the actual game, but you got to read a book to actually understand what's going on in the story. But um, if, uh, you know, considering Miyazaki's uh, moniker in terms of his uh, history with uh, the Souls games, this could be uh, at least on the surface, a good recipe for a pretty great game. I'd say Um, having a great you know, story beats that, uh, not reading his books, um, just off the kind of, uh, echo sphere that George, George R. R. Martin is known for. seems like, uh, you know, it's making up for a great, uh, possible game. And I guess the rumor is that it's going to be supposedly announced at Microsoft E, uh, E3 press conference so uh this would have been a good one this would have been a nice surprise but you know people want to steal stuff but you know hey it is what it is i mean the news is news either way you know but yeah i'm just curious i I can only think of dark souls you know with uh you know uh george rr martin's background it just seems like it's a it's a given it seems like but apparently it was a blog post um, by George R. R. Martin following the series finale of Game of Thrones that uh, he did hint at him making a helping or a consultant on a video game. So he said a consultant on a video game out of Japan. But uh, yeah, they said the details aren't too specific. Um, a source from Game Matsu. Uh, but yeah, that from software is working on an unannounced title with Martin known internally as GR. Hmm. I want to think it was maybe Dark Souls four, but I I don't know. It seems like Miyazaki is pretty much done with Dark Souls as a whole, so I doubt it's that. Um, but who knows? We could be surprised by it, but maybe it could be a Game of Thrones um um game, uh, you know, outside of the Telltale series. That would be, I think, pretty likely. Maybe like a Game of Thrones game with, you know, Dark Souls elements. It's not too, I guess, crazy to think of, but it would make sense considering um we would be going off of Game of Thrones finale, you know, to kind of go into that, like going off the somewhat. Well, <laughs> I'll go into that a bit later in the podcast of, uh, you know, that finale. But um, if anything, I mean, pre- people would technically be yammering for something. And I could definitely see, uh, you know, uh, this game kind of scratching that itch 
um, probably would come out in the fall, but, you know, get people hyped up and excited that are, you know, maybe coincidentally gamers and Game of Thrones fans. But that uh, is interesting. Not It's hard to see what two kind of like, at least at the surface, seemingly un unlikely uh, people to be collaborating to to actually collaborate. That's it's pretty fascinating. Um, yeah. Uh, the the possibilities are endless, but I I can at least narrow things down that it has to be in a you know traditional fantasy setting and has a pretty narrative hook compared to the previous Soulsborne games. Um, even including Sekiro, I don't really feel like the story was that like elaborate in Sekiro. Um, as like, I guess it seemed like it was hyped up to be, or not necessarily hyped up to be, but like kind of put in a frame to be, um, so yeah, this is interesting. Very interesting. Wow. And, uh, I guess apparently the source, uh, from Gamasu explains that the game has been in development for three years already. It is an open world game with horse riding. So, uh, but actually that kind of cuts out a lot of other possibilities then. So yeah, definitely could still be for sure in a fantasy setting. So I think it's maybe almost a given that it might be in a fantasy setting, uh, to some extent with horses. I mean, horses aren't in any, actually, no horses are in a lot of generations, even like the feudal era. Yeah. That does not really narrow down to, uh, as many options as I thought. Yeah, the spectrum is still somewhat open in that, that regard, but Phew, man, a collaboration between Miyazaki and George R.R. Might. That's very interesting. It really is. Goodness. Yeah, it's very unlikely. It just seems like. But I mean, anything's possible. Anything's possible. But yeah, I'm definitely more interested to see what this actually is before, like, you know, uh, getting hyped up about it. But man, three years are already in the making. So it seems like some foundation has already been established. So George R. R. Martin Consulting. I don't know, man. That Just all signs are pointing to Dark Souls 4. To be honest, I don't think maybe Demon Souls 2, but I think that's in some licensing conundrum with PlayStation, unless they could go exclusive to the PlayStation or the next console, PlayStation 5 or whatever. Yeah, it's a lot of possibilities, but I don't know. I'm I'm uh, tempering my expectations until I find out more, you know. Uh, more obviously at E three and then uh, at least going by these rumors. So. Hmm. Interesting. Very fascinating. Uh, so next on the gamut, I guess somewhat kind of segue in speaking of PlayStation exclusive stuff. Uh, there has been some news spread in terms of a, I believe a developers conference. Um, or like a private developer developers conference showing the beefiness that is going to be PS five. 
So in a video uh, by Takashi Mochizuki, uh, there was a video showing uh, the performance of a PS4 Pro versus uh, the next gen PlayStation. So um, the uh, PS4 Pro, um, I believe the baseline game is Spider-Man, I want to say. And uh, for the PS4 Pro, uh, the uh, they showed some examples of loading times one by one or next to each other. And for the PS4 Pro, uh, loading a stage or world, uh, at least in their example, it was eight seconds. And then they, oh my God, they showed the PS4, they showed the PS4 5. Not physically, I'm, I'm hyping it up more than it is, but uh, for the PS4 5, this thing loaded in. Mother f eight, not even a fraction of a, not even a second, a millisecond, like 0.83 milliseconds. Goodness, goodness. That is so great. Um, a thing to note though, is that, uh, this is a uh, for a PS4 game that obviously is going to be backwards compatible in the PS5. So we don't really know if that's going to be the same deal with PS5 native, native PS5 games, which I'm guessing it's not, but I mean, for a lot of people, including myself that do have a hefty PS4 backlog, um, this is pretty interesting either way. Uh, that's a lot of seconds out of life that are not going to go wasted. We're actually going to go more towards playing the games and that's great. Isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it robot? It, it is great. Oh my God. It is so great. Uh, we live in the world that is 2055. All your base are belong to us. Pop, lock, and drop it. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know what that was. Just some random, random robot came in my room. Don't even know it. It's the world we live in. iRobot. iRobot 2 coming to theaters in 2088. 20, Wait on it. <laughs> Uh, okay, I'm having too much fun with that. It's great though. My God, it's great. It's great. It is great. It's great. Yeah. It's so good. It's so great. It's lovely. Oh my God. Okay. But yeah, no. Um. Very interesting stuff. So if anything, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> if there's any guess that the PS5 would be uh, more beefier than the PS4, <laughs> I mean, this is a good indication. Uh, you know, I don't think a lot of people were hoping it wasn't uh, going to be as good as the PS4, but this is a pretty good indication. So I like it. I like it a lot. But yeah, other than that, nothing really notable outside of that. Other than, oh yeah, one other note I think they disclosed is that um, the PS4 is fucking, oop, my bad, let me, I'm gonna beep, <laughs> beep in advance for that. The PS4 is, is,
selling uh 100 almost 100 million units probably might have hit that milestone by now but jesus i think that puts it at the greatest selling no i think it's getting up there with the wii the original wii i want to say i think it's close but it hasn't hit that milestone yet but good god that is impressive that's really impressive it, it, it did all the right things to be honest. So, I mean, I, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not surprised at the same time, but that is good, good stuff. Good news either way. So nice, nice, nice piggybacking on that actually. And all these like go together. It's like, I intentionally like plan this or something. I don't know. Um, God of war sold 10 million units good god sorry that was necessary but um man that is that is impressive um i think that puts it along the um the line of other successful original um exclusive ps4 games uh with um Horizon Zero Dawn, The Last of Us, Uncharted 4. Um, maybe not The Last of Us. I'm pretty sure. Oh, no. The Last of Us, the original PS3 version didn't get that high, but the PS4 remaster did break that. Good to know. So it's basically on the 10 million sold club. 10 million, excuse me, PlayStation 4 or PlayStation exclusive game sold club, which is great, isn't it? Uh, Sony making, making the moves. That makes me feel bad about Microsoft, to be honest. It's Microsoft. They, they, they getting, they, they going to the gym. They getting buff. They, 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 they training. Okay. Don't give up. Don't, don't give up. All right, don't give up. Okay, don't. All right, um, but yeah, man, this game definitely deserves it. Um, it's a great one time game, I'd say. Uh, I don't know, it's like maybe I just felt so fulfilled by playing it the first time. It's like, uh, you know what, I don't really need to play it again. But I may. I know that it's just gonna come. Probably, definitely before uh, the most likely God of War two comes out. Um, I'll probably get that itch, and that it's been enough space in between uh, to play it. And it's crazy. It's been like a year, well, a little over a year now since I played it or it came out, which is kind of surreal. It doesn't even feel that long. Goodness, what is the world coming to? I don't know. But, uh, man, that's a, that's a monumental achievement. So Bravo got a war. You deserve it, boy. You deserve it. Uh, Corey Barlog, um, if you listening, um, you know, if Christopher judge, uh, don't want to work for y'all anymore. Um, I mean, I'm willing to step in. I mean, just let me know. Okay. You got my contact info. I know it, Corey. Stop playing. <laughs> Stop.
stop playing, Corey. Don't don't play with me like that. I've been calling you. I've been calling you so many times. I've been calling you every day. You don't pick up. What up with that, man? Don't play with my heart. Don't you. Don't you. Don't you. Play with my. My. Don't you dare. Okay. Good news overall. Happy for them. Oh yeah. Also, uh, if you haven't checked out that uh, that sweet ass documentary they got on their uh, official PlayStation page, um, I believe it's called Raising Kratos. I think it's Raising Kratos, where it basically just shows the whole development process for um, God of War in terms of its you know initial planning stages all the way to its you know uh, deep development and then yeah actually uh, announcing the game and releasing it and all of that and then you know it kind of led to that monumental pivotal mo- uh, pivotal mo- moment uh, with um, um, Corey Balog you know breaking down after seeing the reviews after all that all those blood sweat and tears going to making the game and man when you see the whole documentary, it just puts everything in perspective. Like that, that video that, you know, Corey Barlog uh, showed of him, you know, crying, showing real emotion for all that work he put into the game. It's like it paid off, but you, you, uh, throughout that documentary, you definitely see the trials and tribulations, tribulations that, uh, kind of go and go into that. So very, very, fascinating stuff. Uh, I always find those documentaries interesting. Another one, since we're on the topic real quick is, uh, uh what is it called? It's uh the for honor one that's on Netflix and the name does not come into me. What is it called? Let me look that up. I feel like that's important. Uh, for honor Netflix documentary. That's what I'm looking what is it called playing hard playing hard which is weird you think they would try to um you know tie it more into um the game title so so it you know kind of makes it easier for you know search engine optimization um but i digress i don't know maybe they just want one of those things that just are mysteriously around and then you play it and it's like oh i didn't know this was that or something i don't know but yeah, those are some two great uh, documentaries that I've uh, taken privy to um, in terms of, you know, game development, because I've always been fascinated and interested, you know, at one point in trying to mess with game development. But uh, the uh, just the, the uncertainty and like insecurity, it feels um, depending on the company, of course. But even then, even then still, but yeah. I don't know. Then it's just the passion thing that like, like to play the games actually more than I like to make them. I don't know. But nonetheless, some great, great documentaries that are just very, just, just great. I I thoroughly enjoyed both. So I definitely recommend you check them out again. um, Corey Barlog and the whole team at Santa Monica, a development process for God of War remake or reboot um, on YouTube, on the PlayStation websites or PlayStation channel and playing hard. The documentary for God of not God of War. Uh, it's funny. They're kind of somewhat uh, in the same vein, kind of um, 
about um, For Honor, the development process of the renowned uh, game fighting. I don't even know how do you third person action fighting game. That's probably the best way to describe it, even though it doesn't really feel I feel right saying that. Um, but yeah, um, on Netflix for uh, playing hard, the uh, For Honor documentary. You guys might have seen it by now, but it's great. It's so good. It's so good. Okay, so moving on to that, man, that pretty much covers our main uh, topics for this uh, this period or week. Uh, so I guess we'll go into, uh, you know, kind of somewhat semi off topic stuff. Uh, so I guess the biggest other thing that happened this week is a uh, good God. Good golly almighty. Um, Game of Thrones season finale. The <laughs> the truncated season. That's what I like to call this uh, season of Game of Thrones. The truncated season. Because everything just felt so rushed and unnatural and just unprogressive. You know. But uh, man. Uh, so before I get into it, you know. Game of Thrones spoilers, Game of Thrones was if you haven't watched uh, or care about Game of Thrones. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers coming. Oh, uh, man, I yeah, I just I can't even I don't know where to start with Game of Thrones, man. I think just this whole season kind of jaded me to Game of Thrones in terms of, you know, just the the whole yeah man yeah it's just like I don't know just like this 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 episode this finale just makes me think about just all the bad choices that were made in the earlier seasons that just don't really add up or just don't make sense at all like you know I guess the biggest one that comes to mind is Daenerys uh, uh, you know turn to the dark side if you will it just felt didn't feel natural. It just felt forced. Like she wouldn't actually make that decision. But eh, I don't. I don't know, man. I don't know. I do, I really don't know. Um. So yeah, I guess the kind of maybe you know hit some bullet points within the finale. So you know you have the aftermath of the. Um, events of the previous episode where Daenerys just like, you know, Daenerys just buddy up with the, with the damn fire. She like, draw gone, you gonna heat these, you gonna heat these niggas up. <laughs> you gonna heat these niggas up, draw gone. I don't give a damn. Give a damn what you say. And, uh, burnt everybody to a damn crisp. Everything was just so graphic. You didn't even see her the rest of the episode after she turned. Um, goodness, but, um, so yeah, it was the aftermath of that. And then it was some kind of, uh, you know, a little bit of conflict between John and, uh, gray worm. Cause gray worm was about to cut this dude's neck that already surrendered. John was like, Hey, we don't do that around here. We noblemen. All right. Gray worm was like, no, you say we, what? We don't do that around here, homie. We don't do that around here, cuz. All right. So, uh, you gonna need to mosey your ass round 
the way. Talk to your little uh, aunt girlfriend that you want to have in sexual nasty relations with and get from around here because you're going to need to get up on my face with that disrespect, bruh. So uh, that's exactly what they said. I said it verb word by word, dialogue by dialogue. Uh, you're welcome. You don't even need to see the premiere. I saved you like $15 um, subscription for HBO Go or HBO Now. You're welcome. All right. Feel free to put that in my Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash a switch. Um, shameless plug. Okay. <laughs> But nonetheless, yeah, um, uh, yeah, it's, I don't, I just don't know what to start. I'm just like speechless when I think about it. I don't know, man. I just don't know. But I mean, it was okay. I mean, when it got toward the end in terms of just the finale, it was okay in a lot of aspects, but, uh, I'm still thinking about that, but okay. So let me go back to kind of like some other high points. So pretty much you see uh, Daenerys like getting very evil and, you know, getting corrupted. And, you know, we all know that she gonna have to go. I think we all knew it right after she got off that dragon and she started chanting that stuff. Like my Dothraki niggas, y'all going, y'all going to fight for your, for your girl. All right. Y'all gonna kill these niggas for me. Okay. Kill them. Cause I'm the queen. We gonna rule it all. So that's exactly what she said as well. Game of Thrones, they've been getting really risky with their writing. Cause they haven't white people say that the, the N word and uh this is a little weird. <sighs> but I <laughs> but I digress. Um so with that, uh yeah, man. So it, it did have the really cool shot with the dragon behind her with the wings, like, you know, evoking that she's a dragon. Oh, my God. Oh, oh she a dragon. Oh, my God. I mean, not really a dragon, but a dragon at a heart. So. <laughs> ah, and that felt so rushed, too. So basically, after Tyrion was talking to John about, hey, 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 John, uh, you know, you're going to have to kill Daenerys, right? You're going to have to cut her. You're going to have to cut her ass. I'm just going to tell you right now, bro. All right. You're going to have to cut, cut, cut the f out of her ass. And I don't mean in the, you know, the way you've been doing. <laughs> I don't mean in the way you've been cutting. OK, all right. I'm just saying, John, take care. Take care of your girl. Take care of your girl, John. All right. Stop playing. So. John listens and, you know, he ultimately kills the da uh, Daenerys. It just felt rushed. I, I don't it felt rushed. I don't know. Felt like they could have dwelled more time on it. But that's kind of my opinion about this whole season in general. It could have this easily could have been put into two seasons for it to make be more coherent and make more sense in terms of like the characters motives and stuff. But I don't know, man. But yeah, so she got killed. Then uh, Dragon came out of nowhere, uh, you know, looking like a Dark Souls boss. <laughs> the one scene you see it, I, uh, that meme is funny um, showing that. But um, so basically Dragon came like, hey, oh, you caught, caught me sleeping, nigga. All right. 
all right go see go see ya. i'm gonna go back to sleep so he goes and you know talks to daenerys and that's when you know they talk like oh i love you daenerys i love you you my queen you're my queen you're my queen and then they kiss and i was like oh boy john is john's about that ancestral life you want that on you want that on booty <laughs> Oh man, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't. Uh, but yeah, so as he's doing that and kissing her, he's just like, I'm gonna stab your ass. Gotcha. So, uh, Daenerys bleeding out her mouth and shit. Um, let me bleep, bleeping out her mouth and then she's dead. And, uh, you know, she died. Like, okay, I guess. Then Drogon came out of nowhere from it based off instinct, like, who the hell killed my mom? All right. Somebody gonna have to pay. I'm about to I'm about to burn the sh I'm about to burn the sh out of you, John, okay? You about to get crispy right now. I hope you ready. You like yourself well done. And then, you know, he was like, psych, I'm just gonna burn this throne because this is what's probably caused all this turmoil for everybody anyway. It wasn't you, John. It was her. I know. I know deep down in your heart, you're not like that, John. So I'm not sure how that was interpreted, but I guess because he's a Targaryen, that's my guess, because he's clearly a Targaryen that, you know, he's of the same bloodline that he wouldn't be, wouldn't want to kill, kill the, the remaining person of the, the bloodline. So I guess I don't, I guess I don't know. It just could have been more drawn out in a sensical way. You know, that's just my grip with that. Uh, then after that, what else happened? Uh, da, 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 da. Um, skipping ahead of that. Uh, I think John was arrested or held in captivity for killing the queen. Um, even though he could have just said, I didn't kill the queen. She just killed herself. She was done with the world, but I guess they wouldn't believe that, but whatever. So, uh, there's a scene with the round table, or I guess I'm, I'm just paraphrasing the round table where pretty much I'm guessing all of the remaining people of the remaining territories have all meet to try to come to a mutual agreement of who should be now appointed King considering that, uh, Daenerys has been murdered or killed. So I guess apparently because John killed the queen that he can't be a king now or nobody or the uh, unsullied don't want him as a king. So I'm like, okay, but I mean, the ends justify the means, but whatever. So long story short, ultimately a uh, brand is found to be the appointed or, um, you know, mutually agreed upon king. And he's like, this was my destiny. I've seen this before. So I already knew y'all just had to figure it out yourselves. I'm like, okay. All right, Bran. All right, Bran. You need to, you need to put your dick away. Okay. Put your, put your penis away. All right. Trying to wag it around. All right. <laughs> That's kind of a record. Cause I forgot he's a paraplegic. So he can't, uh, yeah, I can't really, um, I forgot they did acknowledge that too. Like, you can't have a kid. You don't got no. You don't. You don't got no. So how the how the heck you gonna be a king? I'm like, that's first of all, Sansa. You out of you out of pocket for that. 
Okay. You you clearly out of pocket for that. I need you to sit your yo uh I wanna be the queen at all cost ass down B Okay. You need to chill. You need to sip out that water bottle that was next to uh what's his name? Calm your ass down. Cause you tripping. Cause you tripping. Okay. Calm yourself. Calm yourself. So, so I guess ultimately, uh, signs and make the damn, uh, you know, uh, not even agreement, but demand that she still be the queen of North, uh, of the North. Like, okay. You know, brands like, oh, okay, I guess whatever. And, um, you know, pretty much all the events come after that. Everybody kind of comes to a resolution. John actually was freed, but he's condemned somewhat quote, uh, to be, uh, of the night watch again, or, um, I think the king of the night watch, I want to say then everything else after that pretty much ends pretty conclusively, um, in terms of, you know, um, brands introduction of being a king and everybody, um, in terms of, you know, his lineage of, I don't know, kingetry. I don't know the, the terminality for that, but you get it. Um, and then that was it. I mean, towards the end, it felt somewhat fulfilling, um, you know, after technically eight years of, of, uh, you know, missing out. I forgot to say John finally petted his damn, um, uh, wolf. I forgot the politically correct name, but nonetheless, it's like, okay, there you go. John. Finally, it's like, you could have did that in uh, other episodes, but okay. But I mean, yeah, I don't, it's hard. I think, yeah, after some time goes by, we might reflect on it and then be like, you know what? Eh, I guess this was okay. I think this is maybe one of those finales that, you know, we're obviously clouded by our judgment of, you know, wanting a series to still continue to some extent. And even though I guess technically with the spinoffs, but, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Just that just initially, I just, it, it, it could have felt more right, but it's like, I don't know what, 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 what way would this have felt right in terms of a conclusive like season? or, you know, a, a bookend to this whole series, you know, it's like what, what like finale literally ended that well, I guess Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad did, I felt and ended pretty satisfyingly. Um, I can't think of any other ones, but then again, I don't watch that much TV. So maybe I'm not the best critic of that, but I don't know for someone that watched all the seasons. I never watched it when it initially came out. I caught up like I want to say like around 2015 ish, but yeah, yeah, just, yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah. I just need some, some more time, but just initially it just overall felt rushed. Just could have made more sense. 
And uh, I think the, what's the sad part is that like HBO's like, I mean, you sure you don't want to do another season? Uh, we'll pay for it gladly, happily. Yes, yeah, we will. Come on. And then I guess they was the writers was like, no, nah, we good, we good, we good after the season. But I don't know. That's that's my thought on Game of Thrones that season. That's my thoughts. In other uh, forms of media, so uh, one of my favorite artists, I'd say, uh, Tyler the Creator, um, came out with his album Igor. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Um, I've been I've been a big 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 uh, big fan of Tyler the Creator. Um, he just I like his beats. So if y'all know me, I, I'm just a I'm I'm a I am a lover of beats, okay? I'm a lover of them beats. I love them beats, you know. Um, so normally for a song to get my attention, normally if it has a good beat to it, I'll start rocking with it. And then like the lyrical lyric lyrics will start getting to me. Then I'll, you know, completely be in love with the song. But unfortunately, I don't know. With this album, it did not wow me as much as I was anticipating it to because I was like, oh, man, Tyler Creator, man, I'm about to I'm about to like every damn track on this album. And I only liked like about two that I like would like happily play consistently. Um, But it's like he clearly is, is changing up his um his style. He's doing more of the slow songs. For this specific album, he's doing more of a slow, slow song vibe, kind of like somewhat relative to R&B, which I'm not really a fan of in terms of that genre. I'm more of the hip hop rap, uh, maybe a little, little bit. Actually, no, I ain't gonna lie. Techno uh, video game tracks and stuff like that. But it was it was not my cup of tea. It had some some songs that appealed to my uh, fandom of his older, uh, you know, personas, if you will, in terms of his uh, uh, kind of the cadence of his albums and stuff. But uh, I felt I was kind of slightly disappointed, but don't get me wrong. I like Tyler, the creator as an artist. Um, it's just obviously and I don't blame them. How artists definitely want to deviate and do other things that's like that's what being an artist is about, you know, um, doing different things, experimenting, finding your artistic style or, you know, expressing yourself how you want, which, uh, I totally get, but, uh, yeah, for this album, I only like two, like two tracks. I think new magic wand and, uh, I forgot the other song. Let me see. I got it. I think I got it. What is it? What is it? Um, I know I got it. What's good? So new magic wand was good. I could play those relentlessly. They really good. It's funny. <laughs> and you know, it's funny what was getting me like really hyped. Cause I'm like, oh damn, like all these uh trailers he was pulling out for a song on his YouTube channel. I was like, oh, sh- oh damn, this is that hot goodness i'm hype i can't wait and then i listen to alvin it's just like all this slow all these slow songs so it's like uh darn it 
want to be want to be amazed but no offense to uh the slow r&b people or slow song people it's just not my cup of tea i want that high tempo uh beats and hardcore rap from the borough son from the borough son you know i that is my attempt at doing a new york accent and i failed horribly and i'll accept that so outside of uh, Tyler, um, while I was, uh, you know, listening up on Tyler, I realized that Logic released an album like uh, the previous week that I didn't know about. I was kind of mad about that. I was like, I should have known. I should have known. But um, so basically Logic's new album, uh, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, I've been listening to uh, man. It's like the total opposite <laughs> of uh, Tyler's uh, album where I was like, I thought it's like uh, I may probably gonna maybe like a couple songs. That's it. But like for good, um, uh, good amount of the album. I really liked I could really, you know, I could really mess with. And, you know, he had like a lot of the features was really dope. Um, the one song with Eminem was pretty tight. Uh, the one song with Will Smith was pretty tight. I think that's the first time Will Smith is cussed on a musical album or musical track, maybe outside of his son, probably. I don't know. I thought that was interesting though. Either way, but yeah, man, Logic's. It seemed like every album with Logic, I've been, I've been at least liking four songs out of the, you know, their his albums. But this one definitely is a banger. I could listen probably this whole track, whole album, which is very rare for me of all people. I like to, at least my musical taste is I generally like to, you know, pick some tracks from an album that I like and then, you know, move on to another album, pick some tracks that I really like and, you know, keep it moving from there. I don't rarely listen to a whole album uninterrupted, which I feel this is actually one of those. Probably the probably the one before this one would uh, would be Stankonia from Outcast. That's one I could definitely listen through the whole track, the whole album without skipping. But it's very, very, uh, very few and far between. So, uh, but out of that, um, just been catching up on some 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 artists I haven't been messing with. Uh, Playboy Cardi, I've been kind of digging his album, his latest one. Well, it was like a year ago. I've been catching up on him. Uh, Two Chains, his latest album that came out maybe a month or two ago. I've been just caught up to um, not as much as, you know, kind of roughly in the same ballpark as uh, Tyler's latest album. But nonetheless, um, it's a banger either way, you know. But yeah, man, outside of that, uh, let's see. Gaming wise, what have I been up to? Um, da, 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 da. Trying to think. Uh, of course, been playing a lot of For Honor. Been playing a lot of Gears of War four, cause uh, the hype has got me up, and I got the freaking Superstar Marcus skin, uh, Marcus Cole skin. So I'm like, oh, I'm I'm I'm, I'm reinvested, baby, cause that has been my main driving force to play the game to hopefully get the skin for Marcus, and I finally was able to buy it. Got the Superstar Cole. Or no, I totally mixed up the characters. I meant Augustus Cole, superstar, 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 
superstar cold skin. So that got me kind of amped, got me reinvest in the game. Then I'll, on top of that, of course, been playing a lot of Halo, Halo Master Chief Collection. Um, man, what a turnaround for that game. I mean, I even still stuck with it when it had its rough edges with the long matchmaking times. But man, that game has made such a huge improvement over what it was previously. And I'm here for it. I'm here for it so much. Uh, then, excuse me, outside of that, uh, Halo 5, been playing a fair amount. Love the Fiesta mode in that game. You got so much, so many different items and weapons to kind of choose from and randomly get. It's kind of made it pretty interesting to kind of mess with and uh, dabble with in that respect too. So, man, all in all, it's been a great time to be a gamer, man. I just gotta say that. I mean, I probably say that every time, but I mean, now it means more than anything. Probably not, but you know. It's, been, it's a great time. It's a really great time. But yeah, other than that, guys, that's pretty much what I've been up to. Oh, man, I almost forgot. Uh, Resident Evil 4, the Switch collection. That is what I've been messing with uh, recently, uh, the other day. Uh, such a missed opportunity, man. Such a missed opportunity. Could have uh, had used gyro controls, like make it adjacent to the Wii version could have con- could have had a official GameCube controller support to kind of bring those nostalgia vibes for the uh, GameCube version. Ah, so many missed opportunities. Then when you play the game, the frame rate definitely hitches, um, even though it does go 60. I'm speaking specifically for Resident Evil 4. I haven't played a uh, zero and one yet on the switch. I plan to get that at some point, but it's not urgent for me considering the high price tag for these games. So for Resident Evil zero, Resident Evil one and Resident Evil four, each game is 30 damn dollars. That is stupid for generally what? Like 14 year old games. That is ridiculous. That is ridiculous even longer for uh, like zero and one. Um, that is out. That is outrageous. And considering you don't get even the additional benefits of it, like at least with the switch versions, you can get the, you know, we motion control support for Resident Evil before you can aim with the controller, which was dope, made it almost pretty much almost the best addition off that alone. Um, just having that free aim ability, but uh, man, horrible horrible they need to cut those prices soon or add the features which even still is a lot for the action price compared especially to like the ps4 and xbox one versions where they're like roughly maybe 15 to 20 dollars in, in that range but i don't know what they're doing out there capcom you're at the top you starting to slip right now i'm just saying you did good with resident evil 2 remake of make cry five announcing iceborne you doing you good you doing you doing good sweetie but i don't know this this 30 dollar game mess that because it's on a nintendo platform you got some standard to uphold or something i don't know and on top of that they're not even physical games they're not even physical releases these are all strictly digital i think resident evil one it just comes with Resident Evil 1 and I think zero you have to download or one of the or the other way around. But 
Still, that is dumb. Why, why, why can't you have a physical version of Resident Evil 4? It's so great. <sighs> I don't know. Uh, but nonetheless, I mean, it's Resident Evil on the Switch. So, I mean, my sucker ass got it, but I'm not happy about it. I'm not. I'm not. I, I bought it, but I'm not happy. I could be happier. Huh. Annoyed. But nonetheless, guys, um, that is going to do it for uh, episode six of Switch's Sites. Uh, again, you can catch me on uh, Twitch TV slash a switch. You can also catch me on YouTube.com slash a switch. You can also catch me on Patreon, patreon.com dot com slash a switch you can also check uh, these podcasts um and future content that i plan to uh create at some point um on my website which is a switch.net making these moves i'm trying to it's hard i don't got as much time as i like to you know spend time and do all that but uh yeah keep on the lookout I have been dormant lately, but I'm trying to make that comeback like uh, Rocky when he got his ass beat by uh, Ivan Drago. I guess I haven't I haven't seen Rocky fully, so I can't even say I'm guessing. I'm pretty sure I'm right, though. Get him. Other than get, other than get, 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 get. Other than that, guys, uh, thanks for listening. And as always. Oh.